How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going good. Feeling it's good. Feeling right. How about you? Nice. I'm doing all right. A little bit tired. Um, I had like there was one night this week where I struggled to sleep, and although I've like I should have theoretically made up the sleep by now. Um, as I get older, that becomes increasingly impossible. It's just like failed to sleep one one night. That's it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much sleep you get the rest of the week. It's like that fatigue is just going to start hitting you anyways. And that's that's the life I'm living. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think you can catch up on sleep. Uh huh. I feel like you can take naps and that helps a little bit. Yes. In the short term. Helps get through the day. Which is why I nap every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to for a while have pretty consistent naps, but then um, tried to stabilize a little bit. And as it turns out, not taking naps in the middle of the day or even in the evening um, helps your sleep schedule. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I still fucking hate naps. Like when my body is super tired and I'm like sick, like I was past two weeks ish. Like naps were good because I could just be like, I would eat food and be like, I'm a little bit tired. And I would just go to sleep for like an hour and a half, two hours. And that part was nice. But even so waking up, I'm like, what fucking day is it? It's so disorienting to me. And I'm not a fan of that part of it. Yeah, You have to take like a very brief nap or else you'll get that sleep inertia push. Like I did take a nap um, and started to like get into REM sleep a little bit, like a little bit of dreams. And then it's like, bam, yeah. alarm. And I'm like, all right, that's it. That's the end of my coherence today. I wish dreams had more conclusions, good or bad. I feel like there's like a series of like random events, not necessarily related. Sometimes mm. they are. And I'm like, where's that going? And then like your alarm goes off. You're like, ah, ah, what's going on? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's the only time I remember my dreams is if I wake up in the middle of it. Um, Otherwise, it's just whoosh, gone. I know some people have a lot of dream control or remember their dreams in general, but I do not. In one I ear, think... out the other. <laughs> that is how dreams are fed to you normally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a very long piece of string. Um, I think I've had dream control exactly once, where it's like, oh, I'm in a dream. And then you like turn on your flying powers. You're like, you are finally able to run uh, yeah. versus slow motion you or get the cheat the code menu or get to school on time whatever the fuck it is uh-huh wear pants oh i'm always <laughs> naked in my dreams consistently <laughs> attend, <choice>. uh, <laughs> actually remember to attend that uh that college class dude i don't know what part of the subconscious is so like anxiety uh-huh. while you're sleeping to like have those i don't want to miss or rather you're already late or you've missed a class or a meeting or an appointment. Mm-hmm. Like, why does that even exist? I'm so, not sure. We should have an expert on the podcast one of these days to talk about it. Just like complete the uh, transition completely away from video games. <laughs> just be like, we have a dream psychologist here today. Um, I heard somewhere that like they've looked into it, but like they haven't really found anything conclusive. And basically it's just, scattered information in your brain like certain things are definitely based off of like things you've watched people you've met uh, to a Mm -hmm. degree like it's information that you have in your brain like i don't think you can theory craft something entirely new in your dreams outside of something Mm -hmm. you experience in waking life um i guess unless it's like a recurring nightmare maybe psychology has something to say on it yeah like you have that, some unresolved issues with your parents that could potentially ex- ex- be explained by trauma or something like that um i have i remember i've remembered a couple dreams that I, I kind of remember the gist of throughout my life um one of them i'll start with a non-video game related one was there was a friend that i used to have when i was younger and i hadn't talked to him for like literally years he was hyper religious. I'm sure we'd still be on friendly terms, but disagree with how certain things should be handled at this point. Probably. I don't know. And I like out of nowhere, I had a dream and it was just like we were just like hanging out on an island. I don't know if we were like stranded or like what the crap, 
but I was just like, that's actually really cool. Like I, I basically got the experience of kind of like hanging out with him and I woke up and I was like, Oh, I haven't talked to that guy in like literally years. Um, which is kind of a weird sensation. Yeah. It's, um, it feels like your subconscious saying like, Hey, reach out and reconnect with this person. Uh huh. You're like, I met that person in second grade once. I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> yeah. Like different people now. Uh, the other one, which was video game related, is there was a Godzilla for the Game Boy, not color, just literally the Game Boy. Um, and I played it a ton, like just a ridiculous amount for the time. Now it would probably be like looking back on it, I probably played it for like three hours. <laughs> and that was <laughs> all it took. But it was apparently enough that it influenced my dreams. And I remember the um, uh, I can't remember the name of the big three headed dragon. I think it's rhododendron. Or something like that. Um, King Ghidorah? That one. Motherfucker, get out of here with your lack of (laughs) Godzilla lore. Very close. Um, But it was basically like a two-dimensional, not really a platformer, like a puzzle game, almost more like um, Bomberman or something like that. Like Godzilla could punch in a direction and things. Um, But if you ran out of time on a stage, it didn't just instantly go to game over. It didn't like kill you like it was Sonic. Uh, King Ghidorah would appear on one of the sides of the screen and start flying at you. So I think like um, there's another game that did this. Um, Spelunky, I think, has like the Reaper show up or something like that. If you time out, that game gets credit for it, but it should receive zero credit. This is already done <laughs> for Game Boy Godzilla. Uh, but I had a dream literally about the game. It wasn't even like I was in the universe. I think I had a dream I was playing the game, which was not super exciting. <laughs> very, very surreal. I mean, I guess if you could actually schedule it that way, you could get a lot of game time in just while dreaming. <laughs> That's oh, true. I'm just playing uh, old games. I'm sure it's helped to, people with puzzle games. After. Like, oh, yeah, because that's a legitimate thing people will do for work and stuff like that. It's like if you're stuck on a programming problem, yeah, stopping away from it can allow you to think about it in a different way, but also like literally going to sleep and then waking up sometimes leads to a breakthrough because your brain well, doesn't turn off. You don't die. It's, it's a brain power cycle pretty much. I feel. Yeah. It'll keep working on problems even if you're not cognizant. Um. Or at least people say that that's possible. My brain's never been that productive. <laughs> that's why the, the 20 minutes before I go to bed, I like to front load a lot of uh, depressing news and just other mm. struggles in my life. Just yeah. run through the list. And then when I read the last one. I'm like, all right, good night. I say mm. good night out loud. And then I turn out the lights and go to bed immediately. Uh, no trouble falling asleep whatsoever. And then by the morning, I'm depressed. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that would work, too. That would definitely work. Um, have you had, uh, do you recall any interesting dreams? Video gaming or not video gaming related? So weirdly, there's only one. Okay. Um, like, I'm sure I could have like a scattered recollection of something like a week down the line. Be like, oh, didn't I have a dream about that once? Or you'll have something like, oh, it's a deja vu moment from the dream. I- I like the but, headcanon that you've only ever had one dream and said, that's no, how I'm no. going to interpret this. It's like some some prophecy. I only have one that I have, I've consistently remembered and I've never forgotten about it. I don't okay. remember all of the details, but I remember one thing that stood out, one scene, if you will. Mm-hmm. It was me and Aladdin on a magic carpet. Okay. Um, I don't remember if the monkey was there as well. Let's say yes, because um, it's a cuter idea. Mm-hmm. And we were flying around in this lava universe where if you just kind of look at like a, an open video game map, it's like, what do we want to have like the background be in every direction? And I was like, oh, it's lava. Right. And it's just kind of like falling down. Um, not like dangerous, just that was the background. Right. And amidst the void of lava, there were these lava cubes where like they had the same lava texture on them coming in, kind of like imagine like minecraft level graphics yeah Mm -hmm. and when we would like fly into them it would take us to a different dimension i don't remember anything else beyond that but it was just flying around with aladdin in this lava dimension 
through these cubes to other dimensions. And yeah, for some reason, a game. that has always stuck. And that happened when I was like 16. Mm-hmm. Or younger. When did Aladdin oh, come out? <laughs> when I, was my I, first experience with lava? <laughs> Lava's been around for a while. Aladdin's probably also been around for a while. I wanted to say Rafiki, but that's the name of a different monkey. Rafiki is from Lion King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it Apu? That sounds right. No, that's the um, <laughs> the, that's sort, the convenience the store owner from, from Simpsons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, I think it literally. I think it is a poo. Or a boo. I, I can visualize Aladdin saying a poo. While you look this up, my Aladdin favorite Abu story. Abu, A B U. Abu. Okay, that's close. Uh, my favorite uh, Abu story is the internet gif where they're like sharing bread. <laughs> but <Yeah. it's, laughs> or no, 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 he gives bread to kids, is what it yes. was, and but they just reverse the gift because, <laughs> um, because in the original scene he like starts out smiling because he had just stolen this bread. Then he sees these kids that are hungry, and so his smile kind of fades, and then he like slowly gives them the bread. So if you reverse that, these kids that are happy, he takes the bread from them. They become <laughs> sad and hungry. And then his somber face goes happy as <laughs> he's just stolen this bread. And it's just like, it's great. Yeah, I, I like a good reverse give. I also mm-hmm. miss that movie as a whole. I yeah. think it's still my favorite Disney movie from that era. Um, need to go back and rewatch it. Had like a just a series of of bangers back then. Like the, I know uh, a lot of people like Hercules. Movies. I feel like Hercules is overrated for how much people love it. It was good, yeah. but it wasn't like it wasn't Aladdin good. Is what I'm saying. It it, it was uh, Hades and Danny DeVito. Yes, were basically basically Hercules. They were um, the character actors, pretty much. Yeah, I can't remember. I I should know who played. Hades. I don't um, think he's like a super common person. I, I feel like, like he is. Oh, though. I, I feel like his voice sounds like he's a Hollywood actor. James Woods. Okay. Uh, that like, does sound like a popular name, but I don't know. Like, you know, when you I realized that? that was um, actually Kingdom Hearts. Because Kingdom Hearts has this... Uh, it has this motif of like you go to a pl- you you go to a world and it the world is just that IP, and I didn't really I should have realized this more. But when I was a kid or a young teenager, um, a lot of the novelty in Kingdom Hearts was literally just visiting worlds that you already had nostalgia for, yes. and then like not sticking around so long that it wore itself out. You're just like, oh my gosh, it's cool. And they've got like the, the freaking voice actors. And sometimes they absolutely didn't. They either didn't have a person voicing it or they had a sound alike. But um, so freaking cool. But then I remember Olympus was Hades. And the person helping you out was like Hercules. And like nothing interesting happened. <laughs> like there was <laughs> nothing there. Um, the only the only cool voice actor was Hades. And I think I don't think they actually got Danny DeVito, I think. They had the character, but no voice, if I remember correctly. So yeah, I think they What's just the gave point? him like a text box. You're like, all right. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Some of them were clearly like sometimes you get characters in that series that like kind of just run around in the background, but don't really do anything. And you could kind of tell that like they were working on the game and they're like, maybe we'll get someone to voice this and then we'll do like redo some of these scenes or something. And they never did. So characters just back there the npcs in the background like trying to talk to each other but they can't because they have no voice or soul (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah otherwise a lot of good stuff back then yeah lion king Uh, was a big one toy story was huge these this was also the time where they had vhs's in like the the thicker plastic case Mm -hmm. you cracked it open and it had like this layer of plastic insulation yeah, I remember the uh, the uh, they're not cardboard, but they're basic not, not cardboard, but the uh, the paper slide out cases where the VHS would just slide in the side of the case. You just like shake it or whatever to get the VHS out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a 
I'd, I'd say it's like a very thin type of cardboard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's this is like the least comprehensible thing in a podcast <laughs> to try to describe. Um, but I know I remember what you're talking about, too. They had like two plastic halves that just like completely encased the VHS, yes. which is like it almost like vacuum sealed it as you closed it. Um, and now they only exist really in yard sales, I feel. Yeah. Or your I grandmother's mean, house, because she probably still has a VHS player and a CRT. Mm hmm. I mean, there's no no real reason for the most recent generation to have any idea what a VHS is, right? Like that technology died when we were teenagers, basically, mm-hmm. with the creation of DVDs, DVDs. So I feel like our parent generation never really. I mean, they definitely talked about cassette tapes a little bit more than I would have liked, um, uh-huh. but that was still technically in use to a degree uh, in my childhood. Yeah, you remember how, like, taking you would... like a pencil to yep. rewind a cassette tape? Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially like when it like ate part of the tape and you had like pull it out slowly from whatever and uh-huh. then, like rewind the whole thing very carefully. Oh my gosh! And you just accepted some part of that tape's gonna have a skip. Uh huh. No, it was it was the most analog thing you could imagine, basically, outside of like banging rocks against other rocks to make music. That's that's pretty much what cassette tapes were as far as a uh, a medium. I was gonna say I, I want to say a digital medium, but it's literally not that. So um. yeah, I'm, I often forget how much we've progressed, even in my short lifespan. Mm-hmm. And I definitely take it for granted because it's just whatever your day to day is, that's what it is, what you're used to. Um, so like I have access to so many things through like Spotify or other media players or YouTube so much content exists digitally that I can just access at the snap of my fingers. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, I was going to say it's almost too much, but it's, it's definitely too much. (laughs) Right. Like, um, I was watching a documentary. Um, it was a philosophy tube video on YouTube and it was like an hour and a half long. And I got like a half hour into it. And I was like, I basically have the gist and they're talking about important things and it was interesting, but my attention span was just like, I could just watch a short or something like that and was just freaking mm-hmm. gone. Right. Um, and it's, it's pretty much constant that I have YouTube up if I'm doing something else. Like the only time I'm not is like if I'm literally working on something or in a meeting or maybe I'm in the meeting and I don't need to be right. That might be the other case, but, um, like once it's not once you're past like the work day you're no longer like trying to be productive it's like youtube is in a corner and it's doing something i i can't do that like if it's something that i want to watch i need to absorb it and like specifically Uh watch it um i mean that's healthier that's (laughs) thank you i i try (laughs) Um, (laughs) but like let's say i'm catching up on like a comedian's podcast on YouTube mm-hmm. and it's just pretty much an audio medium. They do have a visual component, but like, I don't need to be actively engaged in watching that. I can just listen to it. Right. So mm-hmm. I might do something like magic, the gathering arena. So like on this monitor, I can actively engage with something, but like, I'm not, I'm not paying attention. It's just like, what are my three options? I pick this one and I'm right. still getting all of the audio and tracking that. Um, but like even like a, a Chef John video I put on earlier and then I walked away and then I came back and I immediately closed down. Like I got the first 10 seconds of it. I went to go get food and like I didn't catch any of it. And then I'm just the interest is gone. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. if I'm not there absorbing and being a part of it, I can't have background noise unless it's just music at that point. That's fair. I have recently on the, on the note of music, I've been listening to more like youtube novelty music channels um i'm gonna let you explain that before i call you a hipster go ahead sure i mean i'm not gonna (laughs) i'm not gonna be providing any evidence to the contrary (laughs) but like jazz emu is one of them so very hipster name style uh no it's like um he does like he he does old style music so like some sometimes some of the songs are a little bit more like funk or I don't know how to describe it. It's definitely indie something, but it's not like indie rock or whatever. It's like 
meant to be novel and evocative of what people imagine older music is like. Um, okay, so it probably like samples some older clips. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got some stuff like that, voice. modifies his voice, um, stuff like that. But the 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 they're they're more like, you know how like a music video is completely optional to like actual music. Most people listen to the music; they don't see the music video. This is more in the nature of it's almost like a skit, or there's a lot visually going on that okay. supports the story that's being told or whatever. So not watching it actually kind of like takes something from the experience. And I know this because like I, I had him on Spotify and I was like, I can't actually like follow along with what he's saying as much if it's not in video form. Um, and then it struck me that this is the thing that I'm like watching as a secondary thing. Well, I'm like playing a game or something like that. I'm listening to the music ish and watching ish, but like not appreciating it at all. Right. It's like, it's like having a comedy special on in the background. It doesn't really make any sense because you're not getting the jokes. It's you just might get one noise. one piecemeal kind of randomly. Mm. But if it's context based, yeah, all of yeah. that gets lost. Exactly. And this that's is, definitely what I. this lose. is exactly why when like people are watching movies or like TV at home with like their family and somebody gets up to pee, they say, pause it so yeah. they don't miss mm. anything. Yeah. Otherwise, if it's a movie you don't give a shit about, you you take a longer than actual shit. You check your phone. You're like, come back. You're like, oh, it's still going. Okay. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, this is tangentially related to that, but it's a good segue, and I had nothing else for that topic. Um, if you were watching, say, like an anime with friends, uh, talk or no talk? Ooh, this is hard because everybody I know doesn't shut the fuck up. Um mm. <laughs> so you're just like no talk <laughs> full stop <laughs> well i understand like the joy of if it's something that we've all already seen to a degree mm-hmm. it's fun to be like some banter about it like if you're going specifically to have banter at, at it like a b-rated movie mm-hmm. love it everybody jump in type thing but if it's let's say a a new episode of something and i'm very focused on it i want to know what's happening I don't want to be distracted by somebody like having commentary for 30 seconds unless it's like a, oh, shit. Oh, something very exciting happened. Yes. Okay. Um, You laugh or make fun of something. Say that's hilarious, you know, but not if it's brief quips. I feel like it can be fine before it gets distracting, you know? Gotcha. Because the next phase in this question, I was going to open it up to (laughs) I was going to change the prompt slightly to make it more specific. So like if it was spy family and you were watching it with friends, does that change your answer at all? I mean, I'm, I'm still engaged in spy family, mm-hmm. but it's not like a deep plot with character development. That's not the show. Right. It is very fun and lighthearted. So I feel like you could definitely get away with that more with spy family. Mm hmm. What what I'm waiting for you is like the build up between like I'm watching Spy Fan with Jenny and she won't shut the fuck up while we watch. <laughs> no, I think I probably talk more than others, but we both think it's absolutely adorable. Um, I'm glad you guys are finally checking that out. Jenny said you guys were you're you're catching up slowly. Yeah, we're we're watching a, a couple episodes whenever we watch whenever we catch up on something else. We'll like watch the one episode in every other series and then two or three in Spy Family. But like, um. No, it's did, it's ridiculously good. So I did confirmation from Jenny that I'm not spoiling now, but you guys got to the the castle episode. Uh, yes, Are, we're not going to spoil anything for listeners, though, right? Okay. Are we? No, no, no. Um, okay. um, but I thought that was like a, a really good episode to make the character mm-hmm. of Anya, not that she wasn't already more endearing. Oh my gosh! And then yours character gets fleshed out a little bit more. Um, She's basically the embodiment of endearing. Like it's yes. that on overload. Her her character is just optimized for, like, just the, the, it's too adorable. It's too absolutely adorable. Like she's just incompetent, and it's freaking great. Like, oh yeah, she's <laughs> she was manufactured in a lab. This is like the Disney, um, the Disney stars. 
mm-hmm. of the 90s and early 2000s. Like that's basically a similar process was used to create Anya. Like there's one stupid example. She like climbs into a bus and like she just has to like hoist her leg up there at this like super weird angle, like rather than just step on like a normal person. <laughs> and it's just like it's like 30 frames or something. It's not long. Um, but just like the absolute absurdity in this moment of her doing this is just enough to make us laugh. We're watching that in Mob and Chainsaw Man, and those legitimately, are three wildly different shows. They they are, but legitimately, like Spy Family is the most gratifying of them. Like they're all really good, but yes, as far as like I got something out of watching it. Usually, I'm getting more out of Spy Family. Actually, Spy Family for me is actually a. I don't want to say a harder watch, but like I'm less actively excited for it mm-hmm. because it doesn't have like a story progression really in yeah. the same way. Well, yeah, kind of. It, it sort of does, but it I, has I'm a also plot, to where you're but at. it's yeah. not like it doesn't matter, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas like the mob stuff, I'm very engaged in what's happening. Um, mm-hmm. Not the most recent episode, but the one before that, I was like, holy shit. Because yeah. like that show is like always going the uh, the ups and downs of, hey things are laid back and cool and no worries easy peasy laid back to uh-huh. over the top um, stakes your dire animations insane like it does a great yeah. job of riding that roller coaster love it and then Chainsaw Man like I'm completely blind going in it's just mm-hmm. a fun and interesting universe and. Again, it's fun to like follow a character that has one brain cell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I uh, it's weird to say, but like Mob might be the one that I'm least invested in right now. And part of it, I think, is because of the natural pacing of it. Like, just like in the earlier season, there's episodes of nothing, basically, yes. basically nothing. And then it like builds, starts to climb up into like another climax or like fight or whatever. There will be a resolution. And then you go back to the episodes of like basically nothing. And like it just doesn't do basically nothing nearly as interestingly as the other two do for me at this point. Yeah. Um, And maybe that's just because of the amount of time I've spent, you know with the previous season and I just I don't have a lot of tolerance for (laughs) this episode I could have skipped right it doesn't like lead much so like filler episodes are like not like that's not exactly what I'm talking about but I almost lump them together I get what you're saying if you're talking about like the most recent episode of mob Mm -hmm. yeah where like effectively I don't think it did anything yeah but for other things that have happened in the season and for what's yet to happen, I feel like it's it's connecting some pieces for later on, is my yes. hope. Yeah. I think that's probably the case. It's like, this is the catch-22 in character development, is people want flashy, explosive action scenes, but unless like you actually build some sort of attachment to those characters, then it's going to feel really shallow or kind of pointless. Yeah, like, you... um, but the first step is you introduce characters that at the moment people don't care about. Yes, so because because they're new and they don't <laughs> have like a cool, flash, exciting thing. Um, yeah. How did you feel again without spoiling for mm-hmm. Chainsaw Man? The character development they gave Aki. I, I like. I think that's really good. That like, was it, it is the way it was set up. I was like, oh, this is, you know, current day stuff. And you mm-hmm. think it's just like switching between like a buildup based on some people they're talking about or like monsters they're talking about. And then they do that scene transition and immediately you're like, oh, and they, they just do it really well. And it becomes obvious like, hey, this is this character's backstory. Yeah. Yeah, I think like it, it is a I don't want to say it's an overused trope, but it's it's definitely a tropey trope. But the um, flashback exposition um, where it's like, hey, we're going to just 
go into this person's past and literally just show you why you should care about them. Yes. I think that you kind of have to earn it and there's a lot of ways to screw it up. I think you should do more with the character initially before mm -hmm. you give them exposition. Yes, that is true. Like you need to form an opinion of who they are on screen to say, Oh, I like this person or they're an asshole. Why are they such an asshole? Okay, now mm-hmm. you're invested, and later on we'll tell you why they're an yeah. asshole. Something and this is like pretty that. much the only way you could learn about like a character that is really the quiet loner subtype is if you show it in like a, a fourth wall breaking, not fourth wall breaking, but uh, narrative voice or omniscient view to the audience of like, we're literally just going to show you their past because they're never going to just talk about it, right? <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes they do in shows where it's just like... Uh-huh. <laughs> There's there with the cigarette, and it's like, yo, man, why'd you yell at Britney? Blows uh-huh. out cigarette smoke. Well, back when I... And then they do, essentially uh-huh. still do a flashback. Yeah. Um, that coincides with someone opening up, though. Yes. Which is the death of the loner archetype. Um, which is fine. That's just character arc. But if you wanted to keep them being this kind of, like, mysterious stranger, then you can let the audience know without letting the rest of the cast know. Yeah. One thing I like about I'm currently playing God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Full spoilers. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. He didn't say that. He didn't mean it. <laughs> so one of the things I like about this type of game, and then this game obviously exemplifies it, is mm-hmm. you're going through and doing stuff for the story. Obviously, you have story beat happens. You have some character progression based on events and their interactions. Cool. But in like the downtime between like I'm running between point A and point B, they'll kind of have like these small discussions and little interactions that kind of color their relationship in the world a little bit. And they happen passively. And then if you go into something where it's like, hey, this is a mission based or story based, they're like, hey, let's catch up on that thing later. Yes. Cool. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't get cut off and interrupted. It's in a slow enough fashion where you have a character like kratos who's known for being kratos yes. um you don't really understand more than that yeah and he's not a man of many words um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like occasionally like some things you you find like little little chips in the armor like oh here is some personality and it yeah. feels more rewarding because of how much it's withheld mm-hmm. like you know he yeah. cares about his son that's like the whole dynamic of the game. Um, but the other things about like how he interacts with people, you're like, okay, and that's who this character is. Yeah. I saw a couple clips. I'm not going to, again, not spoiling anything, but, um, and some, I inadvertently saw a couple clips of dialogue of just people traveling back and forth. Cause they do the exact same thing in one, right? It's like, you're on yeah. a boat doing something else. Um, even with the interrupts, right? Like we'll get back to this. Um, you know, uh, but legitimately it's interesting enough and Mimir is interesting enough that like I find myself just not continuing to the destination. I'm just like, oh yeah, well, I'll just listen to the story for a bit because it's just like, it's just like, you know, sit down in front of the fireplace and it's like you got a bowl of soup and it's like pap pap telling you a story and stuff mm-hmm. and you're like, it's freaking great. Uh, the the fact that they pull off that vibe alone is is really awesome. But did I ever tell you, brother, how Odin's a cunt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> um, but uh, some of the some of the YouTube comments because I didn't play a bunch of um the old God of War games, but I've seen most of the gameplay <laughs> over the years on oh, YouTube, yeah, just you've... playthroughs and stuff like that. Have you seen the button mashing sequences where you beat the <laughs> fuck out of somebody? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's most of the game. Uh, it's just different I've, sizes I've of enemies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Kratos is not like an interesting character in early God of War. Um, not really. Like no. even if you kind of sort of uh, like empathize with the fact that like Ares betrayed him and made him kill his family and stuff like this. It's like, he's still not interesting for the most part. And he basically makes mistakes every single step of the way. Yes. If the alternative to making a mistake was to let someone go. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like uh, I, I mean, the entire series pre um, not reboot, but the, uh, the fresh entries was like, 
him slaying all of the gods of the Olympic pantheon, right? Um, or Olympus, I guess. Greek pantheon. There you go. Um, and not all of them are bad people. So you take all of that and you're just like, Kratos is not meant to be a hero. He's kind of like an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. And all of that is his past that we like the players are vaguely aware of or like definitely aware of. But like um, they've done such a good job of taking gameplay that was literally like press button to execute people break through a wall so that there's a mini game where you like bang these ladies um like this was literally the gameplay of god of war and turned it around to like storytelling between encounters and things like that and you're like it's a pretty big accomplishment (laughs) yeah it's it's definitely shifted and i feel like in general for again it was an action-based game that was uh-huh. a really the selling point of like, hey, we gave this guy two chainsaws. He's looking to fuck people up. People are like, mm-hmm. yes, action. But that was like early PS2 and Xbox, uh, God of War, Blood Rain, other stuff. Like it was very early 2000s, like action. I'm going to guess I'm right on the time. Early 2000s action focused. Um, so like you don't need a character who's diverse and has depth. You just need like somebody who's a badass. You're like, yeah, I'm this badass mm. and I'm killing people. And that was the whole thing. Yeah. He but was now, basically Sorry, go ahead. Don't let me finish. I was gonna say they technically could have still gone in that direction, but mm-hmm. I think from some major titles where they've had a lot of character exposition, I'm gonna give a lot of credit probably to Last of Us, where they went hard. Um yeah. not sure if they're the only ones or the progenitors, but games have definitely had a shift to have more depth or the capacity for more depth. So they're like, okay, it's in the future. Who is Kratos now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like that direction just, personally. I think most people do. I think it's, it's got a, a much, it's so much better received than like, um, could you imagine that this was closer to a reboot and it's like, oh no, he's still super angry and he hates everybody and he's killing everybody. And he's still like just banging chicks in mini games. Like, it would it would be so bad. It would be so bad in this in this like <laughs> day and age, right? It's yeah. just like because I don't think that the early games were necessarily bad, right? But like he's not an interesting character. It's okay. It's okay to make a game where it's just basically violence and sex. That's not like, I mean, don't let your kids play it, but it's not like intrinsically evil. Listen, we all agree Witcher 3 is a great game. <laughs> there, were, there was a little bit of sex in The Witcher 3, but there is across like 200 hours of gameplay or whatever it takes to make it through the DLC. There's a lot more other things. Um, but yes, that is still there and probably more visually depicted than any other game we've talked about. But um, yeah, no, I'm... I'm really glad that they took it in a more interesting direction. Um, I'm sure they are too, because it reviews really well. So, yeah. Now I'd be really impressed if they take this type of direction of more character exposition and like getting to know the character and who they are today after, you know, years of just so much violence to the doom slayer. If they ever pull that off in doom, (laughs) Uh Uh I would be very impressed. It's a turn-based RPG at this point. Um, nah, I, I really I hope they really... don't do that, though. Um, no, no. Because the game is so good at what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, don't change that. In the same way, like I'm not a huge Devil May Cry fan, but mm-hmm. like what the gameplay is is pretty much peak what they want that game to be. Yeah. And they're, like its style and the, how the characters are and whether or not things are like a little bit hokey or over the top. Mm-hmm. keep doing that it's working and yeah. it's its own unique niche thing it's just characters with a double make air attitude and that's all it is oh this makes sense <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> did you um, check out um i don't think it's out yet but Gungrave. it sounds familiar I'll i think i linked up. you a trailer for it basically the initial teaser trailer was like a guy being launched out of a helicopter he like throws a coffin out of the helicopter and it mur- obliterates a guy. And then he lands and he has all these guns and he just fucking murders everybody. And he has like a trench coat, long hair. Oh, yeah. 
I saw I saw something about this a while back, like not recent at all. Um, but yeah, it's kind of got this uh, arcadey action style game. Um, it does look interesting. Uh, the title is just Peak Edgelord, though. It's Gungrave Gore, um, but Gore is like an acronym. There's a period between each letter. Oh, cool. And I'm sure that it doesn't actually stand for anything. Probably not. Um, <laughs> so sometimes I still see this where it's just like it was a naming scheme in like the 2000s and then some games just never got over it right <laughs> um, but no I mean I like I like action games like that and things like that um, how much do you like killing hordes of enemies versus let's say a couple more elites like smaller encounters more more challenging and like the general sense I mean, I don't know. It depends on the game, I guess. Right. Like one extreme example of that would be Fury. Those are a couple. Of, it's literally just boss fight, right? Yes. Like just boss fights. <laughs> Very much a boss. Rush. Um, and those are really cool. Uh, but if it's a type of game where you're supposed to be, it's a power fantasy. This is what's wrong with video games this is the male fantasy. Um, then, yeah, I mean, you want to be able to mow through grunts or whatever. Yeah, I think any a lot of good FPSs. I'm going back to like Halo Two. It's nice to have a diversity because it feels cool to like, oh, that's a small enemy camp. I took it out. All the grunts and they don't know how to fight back because they're grunts. Uh-huh. You find some elites and then, oh shit, there's a, a hunter and they're huge and you have to play a little more strategically. Mm-hmm. It kind of mixes it up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. It's part of the uh, the schematic or blueprint to like in-depth gameplay is to vary up the um, the difficulty of enemies so that people have the opportunity to flex, to breathe, and then they're challenged by something else that's, you know, more challenging. I think that's that's pretty core to to a lot of games, right? Um, there was a like Left 4 Dead, another great example that I'm definitely thinking of because you literally mentioned Hunter as one of the more difficult enemies, but the specials, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, the other alternative is a, a game I haven't played, but I've seen some videos on, and it's old, and it's not new. It's not worth talking about, but uh, God Hand uh, <laughs> has, like, escalating difficulty, right? Yeah. Where there are the boss fights, but then everybody else is kind of, like, just mooks and grunts and things like that. But if you're kicking butt, the game gets more difficult over time until you literally like use an emote or something to beg to lower the difficulty and then it makes it easy again. I've had some curiosity to check out that game after Seth's review of it because that was really mm-hmm. my only exposure to it. Yeah. And I don't think it's my type of game for how tight and hard the combat probably is. Because mm-hmm. like I'm playing God of War on not crazy, like standard difficulty. And I get my ass beat fairly decently because um, mm-hmm. I'm like, why isn't this like Elden Ring? Where's my <laughs> natural? Where's, um, but it just, it seems very interesting because it's like, again, like a, an over the top story, um, just crazy shit happening. Oh yeah. It looks, it looks fun. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could watch somebody play and live vicariously through them. So if you right. want to pick it up, and stream it. That'd be cool. Which one? Uh Gungrave? Also also Gungrave, yeah. Or wait, which one which one did you say I spoke over you? God hand. God hand, yeah. The, the other I mean, G one. Gunbound. Fuck it. Let's play some ah, Korean. Korean game. <laughs> I'm sure there's been a lot that's been added to Gunbound, but um like yeah, I think God Hand oh, was yeah. I'm pretty sure God Hand was like a PS2 game. I have a PS2. Like, you can stream <laughs> it at my house. <laughs> First step to streaming it is you plug in the RCA cables. Um, <laughs> I'll just get a really long one to get over to your place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might be a little, little bit much. That's gonna be a lot of daisy chaining. Um, now there was there was a man. I'm introducing a segue that I'm not gonna be able to fulfill on. I was looking at Steam, and there are some games upcoming. 
um, this month that were, were relatively interesting, but I can't remember them, which was the reason this is a bad segue. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, um, just to keep you informed, games are still coming out. <laughs> uh huh. And I know that we have like a, we have a separate episode format, so I don't want to step on the shoes of that too much um, for, you know, games in the month. But I kind of was submerged in the games I was playing at the time, like ridiculous amounts of uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War. But apparently I thought I had beaten the game in the past. and I was going back and beating it a second time. Mm-hmm. But I had never completed the epilogue. After which there are actual credits and post game scene and stuff like that. So uh, I think I played that in 2017, I believe, the first time. And apparently didn't beat it until 2022. So we made it. Hey, man. I've done that too. There was Mm -hmm. a Psychonauts for me, was one that I initially played and I could not get past the one level because of how the controls were, I think as mm. I learned mouse or something. And it was like the last section with like the rising water. I'm like, this is bullshit. And then like yeah. years later, I was like, this is a great game. Let me go back to it. Actually beat it. And I was like, wow, we finally got there. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. It feels good to, uh, come back to something that you've been struggling on and then you just kick its ass. Yeah, for sure. Take that. It's also good addition. to feel that, you're a better video game player now. Um, I'm, I say it that way to avoid accusing you of being a gamer. You're a, vid- a better video game player now than you were in the past, which is also a nice ego boost. So. Yeah. Um, it's not like something like Sekiro. I feel like a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. Where like the first time you go through the game, you don't know how a lot of things operate, how to do things correctly or efficiently. And you kind of struggle your way through, but you make it to the end, eventually beat the boss. And then you go back through and you're like, let me just, just want to play for a little bit. And then you get through several bosses in like two hours. You're like, was I always this good? Uh-huh. It's just like the muscle memory comes back and it, it feels good to uh, do a challenge again. Yeah. I think Sekiro is especially like that. Like you can get a sort of similar experience in some of the old other Souls games, but Sekiro was literally like, it's basically a rhythm game. Yes. The boss fights are almost basically a rhythm game. Um, and once you've got it, you freaking got it. But also, like anybody else, has to get it as well. There's no like magical cheese. I mean, there are technically cheese strats for some things, but like mm-hmm. how I do it is how you have to do it. So it's everybody some of those got the same rhythm. Really? It used to be possible to get like what was it, two or three uh, killing blow pips off of the spirit monk on the bridge through various cheese strategies, like jumping up into the branch and like yep. stunning them and doing some stuff. I don't know. There, there was they a speed run strategy. Huh? They patched the monk. Yeah, they patched it eventually. So you get can't get out. every single, you Not can't like get I like three anyway, stealth but... bars off, <laughs> off of the boss for free. I just liked that boss because it was challenging. Yeah. It's still challenging. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you don't take three health bars off. So I love going um, back to the game being like, oh, I, you know, got through the first couple bosses really quickly. Nice. And then I get to like an actual boss and it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. It gets checked a little bit. I forget about Sekiro sometimes and like its place in the Soul series, but in some ways it's more replayable to me than like, um, or I have would have more interest in replaying it than even Elden Ring or something like that until more content comes out. Because like there, Elden Ring is great and there's so much cool stuff you can do with it. But I don't know. It's not Sekiro is just like it's not as tight mm-hmm. because Sekiro is literally obviously it's not an open world game. Mm-hmm. It's like hey, follow this path, um, kill these guys yeah mm-hmm. so it feels like a lot more fluid and cohesive versus eldering maybe you fight a boss and then it'll be a while before you face another boss you have to explore do some other stuff yeah do you ever go back to anything like that i mean i know we're talking about middle earth shadow of war but mm-hmm. like do you have a game do you always kind of go back to to like do another run in like hollow knight celeste anything like that as like a single player game not as much 
because we've already talked about like <laughs> Starcraft or Hots or something like that, and those are multiplayer. Obviously, if I play against bots, it's single player. Um, but that's not really what you're talking about. For a playthrough, it's pretty rare for me to yeah. go back to a single player game. Shadow of War was something that had like a lead up because I was literally like, I was watching lore videos <laughs> on oh, Lord no. of the Rings on YouTube. And I kept thinking about like, man, that game was really cool. And I really like the Nemesis system and all this stuff. And finally, there was just like a breaking point after a week of watching these videos where I was just like, okay, I'm going to go play it. I love the phenomena where kind of similar to like yawning. If enough people yawn around you, you kind of instinctually yawn. Yeah. In the same mm-hmm. way, if I talk about pizza enough times to you just throughout the week, Mm-hmm. You're going to end up getting pizza that week. You're like, I'm kind of feeling pizza yeah. because your uh-huh. mind is like, I like that idea. I'm going to hold on to that. Pro ZD actually had a video recently where he reviewed a bunch of Burger King food. Mm-hmm. And I watched that video this morning and then you <laughs> I don't know, know what you have for lunch. So I, was, I made it through the <laughs> through the work day and stuff. And then uh, while my wife was finishing up streaming and it was like, hey, do you want Taco Bell? She's like, yeah. And then we went and got Taco Bell. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I did want to, to go out and get some food at least. I'm not so crazy as to get Burger King, but yeah, there's sometimes where like I'll watch a cooking video and think, man, I really hope somebody makes me that. <laughs> hmm. Oh my gosh. That's any cooking video for me though. They're just like we start with toast, and I'm like, I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> what I... the worst too, is too when rich you get in like a the YouTube Korean like street food hole. Oh my gosh! So you just terrifying. like watch, like they don't have any audio besides just like them cooking, um, mm-hmm. but like they just show the process of like, hey, here's a giant walk, or here's a specific thing, or we're making these buns, or and everything yeah. just looks so delightful you're like i would definitely love to pay like two dollars to eat this fresh uh-huh. um but i have to go very far to get it that is the trick that is how they get you um no that looking at food is a precursor to eating food that's the problem so you gotta be careful with that that's as you why, know that's <laughs> why they have that's why cabinets exist jake <laughs> yeah. fridge is not for refrigeration it is to shield your eyes <laughs> this actually checks out this makes a lot of sense how many see-through fridges do you have or have you seen yeah i mean i don't have any friends that um have a uh, see-through cabinets to really judge it to be like okay these guys bmi is higher or lower than others <laughs> <laughs> but, um I, I imagine I'm just imagining like if we had one see-through cabinet where we kept cereal or something, it's just like a com- consistently depleting container of cereal throughout the throughout the day. But I really feel like what, certain things you see or hear about does influence you. Like one of the reasons I don't like to keep a lot of snack food in the house is because I'm going to become not sober and eat it. And uh-huh, yeah. I don't want that to happen a lot. So I usually just try and avoid it. Um, that is fair. That's very accurate. Um, snack food is particularly a problem when you're you're a person like me. And it's like, if there's more than one step to the food preparation, then the food, it's like, it's impossible. There's like a skill check and it's just, it doesn't even let you click it. Because um, you just don't have any points in cooking or survival. <laughs> um <laughs> So you, you can't make any these, of that stuff. What are these magical numbers on this microwave? Uh-huh. I think the microwave I can origin? do. The problem is there's like there's not many composite foods that you make in a microwave. No, but it's I understand the the ease of access where you're like, I could spend time cooking a thing, or mm-hmm. hear me out, and you just un unpeel the package and you're done. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I like, uh, because of that, I like nachos. Technically, that's a two-step process. You put chips on a plate, and then you put cheese on a plate. And, and I've also started... 
it Unless you're doing cold ass, cold ass cheese <laughs> that's not melted onto the chips. <laughs> no, that, that, that's it. That's it. Uh, it can only go so far. Um, I have been adding uh, Nashville hot, like just a, a, a drizzle across the top, and then like a little bit of sour cream after, and that's pretty good. It was really funny. I I saw Landon yesterday, mm-hmm. and like we we grabbed the wings, uh, me, him, and Jen. And we were talking about like the wing night thing we want to try and do every so often. And he was like, "Does Jake like buffalo wings?" And I was like, "Yeah." Like he... last, last time we saw him, he literally got <laughs> buffalo wings. Uh-huh. And he was like, "Oh yeah, we used to get like hot wings at work all the time." I'm like, "Uh huh." Yeah, like we're... like he just phased that memory out entirely. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> pretty much every single time. Like where where were we? Jake going has to always lunch? gotten buffalo wings. <laughs> we were going to the uh, the place with the jumbo buffalo wings, that Italian place, that small Mama's? Italian place. I'll just say it. it's called Mama's. Yeah. Um. Like, and every single time it was the wings. Sometimes people were getting chicken cheesesteaks and things like that. I was like, nope, just getting an absurd, absurd <laughs> portion of jumbo wings. Just um, getting a lump of time. bread with some bones in it, some buffalo uh-huh. sauce, and if I'm lucky, meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, those are really good, though, actually. I realized that, like, they're not going to be on a running or in, in the running for, like, competitive, good dry rub wings or anything like that. But, like, they were just really good. I don't know. Um, I, I like them more than the place we tried last night. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I think uh, Pizza Pub closed down. I thought they I were supposed that, to reopen. Um, I mean, maybe they did, but I think the reason they closed down was because they weren't paying their workers. <laughs> Which is, you know, not a great reason to close down. No, they should have stayed open. Fuck, fuck the workers. <laughs> yeah. Do they really need employees? They can just put the wings out on the table. I'll just walk up and grab them. It's fine. I'll just let the customers back into the kitchen. Fuck it. I don't know. Uh-huh. Cost savings. Uh-huh. Dude, I'd, I'd be so fucking pissed if I did not get paid for my job yeah. once. I can't imagine that that they were happy about that either um mm-hmm. especially oh gosh, like yeah. all, all jobs you're like oh i do this for the money yeah it's a need it's doing not it like for a, the money Man, i'm just doing it for fun uh-huh it's not a hobby you probably have other hobbies that you would do if you were not being paid <laughs> um yeah no that's uh that's kind of part of the agreement is that uh, you are reimbursed for your time if you're lucky you enjoy what you do but you should still be paid for it. I do enjoy things that I do. I do not get paid to do them. I can tell you that much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are pastimes. But yeah, I did really like their, their hot sauce back when I was more of like a hot sauce aficionado. Mm -hmm. It just hit like a really nice, a nice burn burning, terrible spot, but talk about dragon fire. Dragon fire was nice. Yeah. Mm hmm. It was really good. Remember, remember, I'd always get it. They're like, what What type of wings do you want? I'm like, Dracaris. And they're like, what <laughs> yeah. is that? I'm like, you'll listen to Game of Thrones. You'll figure it out. Uh-huh. It's actually a really big popular sensation. I'm surprised you haven't heard anything <laughs> about it. Yeah. HBO mean anything to you? Anyway. So. Uh, no. Um, no. I don't do that as much now, but like a little bit. A little bit. Buffalo Wings now and then and uh, Nashville Hot. Not a ton of it. I'm not drowning in it because one of the things that Pizza Pub did have was the um, we would get the buffalo chicken uh, pizza. Yes. But rather than uh, buffalo sauce, we're like literally put dragon fire sauce on it. Um, and they're like, are you sure? And we're like, <laughs> we yes. do this every time. <laughs> um, that was, was always so a bad good. decision. Anytime yeah, a delicious. place makes and like actively promotes their own hot sauce. Mm-hmm. That means it's good. Even Ready Go Burrito back in the day had like a their own hot sauce where I was like, holy shit. So maybe at some point I will try and make my own hot sauce. I hit that nice, mm-hmm. nice spot. Yeah, I've known a, a couple friends in our friend group who have like dabbled on the edges of it or dove straight into the deep end. Um, taking this back to the magma dream, I guess. Um, but if you didn't say it, I wouldn't have gotten that call back. I'll be honest. <laughs> uh huh. Um, 
All right. We got 15 I promise seconds if I make a left. hot sauce, I will call it Magma Cube. <laughs> Magma Cube. I like that. Hmm. It's actually right, just a, a Steve block from a Ultimate. <laughs> I just, just put it above you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Freaking Steve. All right. We hit time. That's we're it. Good. We're good. Okay. We're good. Okay. The All producer right. says we can call it. All right. Well, um, as we are being ushered off of the set, um, I guess we will wrap this one up. Uh, if you guys have ideas for future episodes or favorite hot sauces, you should tell us what type of hot sauces you like. Send those suggestions in for games to play, episodes to make, hot sauces to ingest at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can join the discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstone hot little bit about soapstone podcast. And as always, We'll see you in the next one. Have a good night.